The holiday season is upon us and it's time to catch up with our loved ones to share that home cooking that we've been craving all year long. That's why it's the perfect time to update your COVID vaccine. The updated vaccines now protect against the original COVID virus as well as Omicron. They're here just in time to make those family gatherings extra special and to keep our loved ones safe. Schedule your free vaccine today. Find updated COVID vaccines for everyone five and up at vaccines.gov. We can do this. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. I just came by to stir your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. And welcome back to the Perfectly Imperfect podcast, where we have vulnerable conversations about mental health, self-growth, and relationships. I'm Regina. And I'm Christine. Ooh, today's topic I'm actually quite excited about. It's something that gets brought up quite frequently in our DMs and comment section, and that is the topic of adult friendships. As we get older, it seems like it's harder and harder to find that time to hang out with your friends and chat and catch up or every single time we catch up there's like so much to talk about um so today we really wanted to dive in on the differences between adult friendships in our 20s versus 30s and how to maintain those long-lasting fulfilling relationships Right. This topic, as well as, you know, any dating topic, as well as self-growth. Exactly. This is why our intro is the way that it is. These three topics are the most requested and we have so many variety of questions around it. We had to go into doing one about adult friendships. But if you want to go back, I actually went back and listened. We have about like four four or five different episodes already recorded about friendships. If we didn't cover some of the things that you guys were wondering about, we probably did in past episodes. We're going to do our best. And today, like yeah, Regina said, it's really just what we've learned from (laughs) evolving friendships and yeah, how to form deeper, more meaningful relationships with people that you care about and also when to know how to let go. Regina, you want to start us off and what have you learned about adult friendships? You know, in our 20s, I think all of us had just less responsibilities, especially my time during New York. I always joke that it was an extended period of time in college because it just felt like we were all living on this campus where we could all go out and everything was like really convenient and easy. And I had a lot of free time to spend together. And then now that a lot of my friends and I are back home in LA, we have to spend time with our family and then we have our own responsibilities. Like we don't feel like there's that much time for us to like hang out and just like spontaneously go do things the way that we used to. And I think that for a lot of people, they feel like, oh my gosh, the fact that I don't have this ability to freely hang out with my friends the way that I used to, it creates like a distance. But then when I do hang out with those friends again, I realize the foundation of that friendship is still there. So what I've just come to realize is that, you know, when it comes to adult friendships and what to look for in them, it just really depends on what you you want. There's always like expectations that friends have for one another. And when those don't align, that's the downfall. So like if you're looking for someone to like hang out with all the time and, you know, do this and do that like spontaneously, but they're at a different phase in your life, then you will feel very rejected in that. Or if you're looking for someone to, you know, have deep conversations with, but like they're not the type of person who like likes doing those things, they want to go out all the time, then there is always going to be a disconnect especially now that time is so sacred.
hundred and being able to make plans with people. It really like, you know, whenever we're scheduling group events and things like that, it always takes like scheduling months in advance because people just always have plans going on. So I think it's just really prioritizing what you're looking for and then being able to make the time for what you're looking for. Yeah. And I see you hang out all the time. (laughs) I feel like once the pandemic was like, it was safe to hang out. I see you hang out on a Tuesday night or like a Friday morning. Like you're always making time for people now that you're 30s, like you're still making effort to do a lot of things with, you know, different friends. And I know you have different pocket of friends too. So Mm -hmm. I try to limit (laughs) the amount of times I go out in a week because I realize that like when I go out too much, I'm just exhausted all the time. So truthfully, I'm home the majority of the time. And then I'll like go out maybe like once or twice a week. Yeah. Didn't you just go out to a concert? Yeah. On a Wednesday? (laughs) Yeah. So that was my, that was my like once a week this week. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, no, I hear you. I think that's what Regina was saying, which, you know, is inevitable when people get busier, time is scarce, you have to make things work. And if you're the type of friend who's flexible enough to make things work, or if you're the type of friend who realizes that you're like, you know what, I don't want to hang out unless it's on the weekend and I'm like well rested, then you're just that type of friend. I realized that's for me in my twenties, I had way more energy I didn't know that was a lot of energy until I got to my 30s. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, I was like going out all the time and Mm -hmm. making effort and stuff. But ideally you start paying attention on who drains your energy and who energizes you. Not all friends are built the same. For me personally, that's been a life lesson in realizing that it's okay when people change when you change because understanding that the type of person or who you are now is different than who you were a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. So what may have connected you to those particular friends and you guys are so close at that point of time, it's okay if that changes. You know, people change over time. That includes people's humor or even when you start doing your inner work and getting to know yourself better, you start realizing things that at least for me, I'm a recovering people pleaser. There were a lot of things that I tolerated or it didn't bother me before. If anything, there were things that I actually liked about people because I didn't know certain things were toxic. It's like going back, like recently been doing that, been going back and watching old movies we grew up in in like the 90s or the 2000s and stuff. And then I saw that you were watching Clueless. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, Netflix is bringing back a lot of like old movies and stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. We were watching like Rush Hour. Oh, my God. And there's just like so many things that if it were out oh now, gosh. it just would not be okay, oh, right? absolutely not. But like back then, it was so good. And watching it back now, it's like nostalgic. And you're like, oh, there are certain parts that are really funny. But there are definitely so many scenes that and lines that would not fly by these days. Exactly. I mean, that's something older me didn't know. We didn't grow up in a society like that. And people around us talk like that. And, you know, it was just jokes, it was just jokes, right? And then now a lot of things have changed. And a lot of things with more understanding, a willingness to listen and be open and take other people's perspective and see why people would feel a certain way if you said certain things and it's offensive to them. You take that in and you reflect. And ideally, you evolve as a person versus you continuously stay in that and you keep fighting for like, no, you guys are just all so sensitive. It's not that big of a deal. And certain friend groups, especially, that's what I noticed going 
further back in my history, it's like the longer we know each other, there seem to be more people that are unwilling to kind of update their views. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make them a bad person. But for me, I just don't connect with them as much anymore. It's like our conversations only go so far, which is, I don't know, you guys have certain friend groups where every time you guys hang out, like from high school or whatever it Mm -hmm. is, it's always the same conversation. It's always the same memories. And like Regina said, there's nothing wrong with the nostalgia. I love it too. I'm also like, oh yeah, you remember you were like that or blah, blah, blah. Like I always think about that now, especially I'm reaching up towards my 40s and have a lot of friends and, you know, girlfriends who are now moms. And it's really surreal to know someone that I've known since like when we were five. And then now they have their own five-year-old who calls them mom. (laughs) It's just so weird. It's like, oh, my friend is someone's everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like you hear these kids are going, mommy, mommy, mommy. I'm like, who? Oh, you mean her? Oh. Totally. There's a place and sentimental feelings for certain types of friendships. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to say like, oh, how do we maintain those friendships? There's, I think there's a complexity to that. And then also friendship is a two-way street. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. A lot of the times when you feel like you're putting in a lot of effort and the other person isn't reciprocating that, that's when you know that it's time to walk away or time to just spend less time with them. In a lot of friendships, it requires a balance, right? It's a little bit of a dance. It's not the expectation of like, oh, I do this and you have to do that like a tit for tat type thing but there has to be a understanding it's not just like you reaching out all the time you asking them about their life and you putting in all this effort and they don't do the same thing and vice versa maybe you have somebody who's like reaching out all the time and asking how things going and like if you don't put that effort back in that relationship can very easily crumble so it's really about prioritizing who are the people that give you energy and spending time in nourishing those relationships relationships. There are a lot of friends that I'll make through friends and some of those end up becoming really close friends of mine while others, you know, oh, that was nice that one time hangout and then it kind of fades out. And I think it's okay to let things fade out. I think there's so much worry about, oh, I need to have as many friends as possible. You know, I need to show it's not even show off thing, but it's just like that need and want to be liked by a lot of people. But at the end of the day, if that person doesn't fulfill you, if it doesn't bring you joy, it's really like Marie Kondoing, you know, the relationships in your life. If that person doesn't bring joy in your life, there's really no point in keeping those people around. I think Christine and I definitely went through this in our late 20s. And I think for Christine, early 30s, where we took like a really good look at our relationships and we're like, who are the people that we genuinely genuinely care about and want to invest our time in because friendships are hard friendships are like relationships we've talked about friendship breakups before relationship breakups before but like it genuinely is like a serious relationship right a lot of the time our girlfriends we've had relationships longer than them than we have with our significant others and it takes as much time and effort and there needs to be a mutual understanding of is this a relationship that both people want to keep working on and yeah Yes, as we get older, the time that we have together becomes scarcer. But as we get older again, like I have this conversation with my mom, she's like, you know, once our kids start going to college, we have that free time back. And these are the relationships that can withstand the test of time. But it does take effort to keep those relationships. It's a cycle that requires everybody's efforts to be put into it. And I think that as I got older, I just realized like how unfulfilling it is to put efforts into relationships where, yeah, like Christine said, I'm having the same 
same conversations over again. The person doesn't really like push me or like inspire me to want to do better or want to do more or Mm -hmm. inspire me in different ways. Like I think each of my close friends inspire me in different ways. And I think that's the reason why I'm so fulfilled in them. And like, I want to keep those people in my life because I have a common goal with them of like wanting to work on this relationship and that this relationship brings fulfillment for the two of us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, give me an example of relationships that energize you and relationships that drain you. Ones that drain you, you can really pay attention to how you feel afterwards. Like pay attention to the friends who make it a point to misunderstand you. You know, mm-hmm. the ones that it almost feels like you're speaking two different languages, the ones that give you shade, like subtle shade and make a joke about it. Mm-hmm. Think of love languages and how you receive love and the way that you want to try to communicate and they just don't want to kind of like how our parents, <laughs> that's a big <laughs> sign for me when someone gives me my parents energy, which mm-hmm. is just like, this is just the way it is. And I don't want to talk about things or just like accept the relationship for what it is. And that's not ever dig into the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't need conflict. Mm -hmm. To me, that's a red flag for me because it just says that this relationship is stagnant Mm. and that this person has no desire to grow or have any sense of Mm self-awareness. I mean, it could be coming from a place that they're scared. Most likely it's because they're scared, but I can only do so much in that sense. And it's also not my responsibility. That's something also from my 20s to my 30s has really shifted a lot because, you know me, I'm like doing it at work, doing it at work. And a lot of that is like understanding why I am the way that I am and why before I put so much into friendships and I realized it was because it was my way of trying to create family outside of my actual family Mm. I never truly felt that I belonged in my own family so I always want to recreate that with friends and then my friends unconsciously signed on to like (laughs) be my everything you know I put a lot of pressure into that. And then also pair that with me being a people pleaser. I just got wrapped up in not knowing who I was and was just chasing belonging. Mm. And if I didn't get that from friends, I would overthink many social situations. I was the type of person that would walk away from a conversation and think like 50 billion things and it would stay with me for like, you know, two weeks. I'm like, man, why did I say that? Or what did, she, what did he mean when he said that? And, and it'd just be awkward. But I didn't understand how to communicate effectively without getting into an argument. So that often led to resentment because of the people pleasing side. I would try to ration my way out of it and just be like, don't be so sensitive and blah, 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 blah. As I've been doing a lot of that, peeling back the layers to understand why I do that and why it's so important to be liked by everyone, Mm. trying to fill that never ending void. It doesn't matter. Every person can like me in the world and it still won't be enough because ultimately I didn't really like me in the sense of it was weird for me to be alone with myself because I didn't know what was good about me. So that had been a journey to rediscover that. And even in the baby steps of it's okay for me to be seen. Mm -hmm. It's okay for me to be weird if people (laughs) don't like that, you know, and I would literally do things that I still catch myself doing. Like I would take 30 minutes to decide on the right gift to send. (laughs) Like it sounds so silly, but I'm like, oh, if I send this right, it's like part of like, it feels good to be like, yes, I found the right thing to communicate it. Right. (laughs) But also I'm thinking like, especially with Regina, I'm like, oh, I know Regina would find this really hilarious. Oh, Christine is the best GIF finder 
ever. I think I was the one who introduced Christine to GIFs. Yeah, you were. But she is now the queen of GIFs. Like, I feel like she always finds the best ones. And I find myself, like, laughing so hard. Oh, my God. Whenever she sends them. And, like, sometimes they'll be at work and people look at me and I'm like, oh, I, I, it's, just, it's just a text. See, that brings me so much joy. Me and Regina can share it in that humor. She gets it right away with just one GIF, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh. But that also added a lot of pressure. And, like, text messages or emails. Regina and I, we were both just responding to a professional email and both of us you know we're, we're very just like we had to both walk ourselves through okay this is why we want to respond this way because we want to be able to speak up for ourselves and not always just be yes women and not try to create problems you know so it's like giving ourselves permission to be seen and not have to apologize for it hi pit fam just wanted to say we appreciate and love you and we'll be right back from a quick word from our sponsors Mm-hmm. Yeah. And going back on that topic that you were talking about, like friendship insecurity, that is mm-hmm. such a real thing. Like even with some of my closest friends, I still have that feeling of like, oh, are they mad at me? Oh, they haven't reached out mm-hmm. for this long now. Like, did I say something that upset them? I started to realize it was all in my own head. I will say text messages often do not convey like the right tone of voice. And I think even with Christine and I, sometimes in our text messages, Christine will be like, can we just jump on the phone? Because I think that we just need to, we do need to talk this out instead of sending like texts back and forth because you don't put the right period or comma or exclamation point in the right place. It just sounds off. And then I can tell that the other person is like, wait, why are you saying it in such a stern way? And it just conveys the wrong message. And I think that Christine and I, when we're in person, that's when our communication is the most clear between the two of us. And I think that is something that we realized in our friendship more recently, I would say. And then now it's like, okay, you know what? Let's just jump on a call. It's also easier to get out what you're trying to say, just like talking in person. But there are times when I'll send a text message to Christine and Christine's like, okay. And I'm like, is that like, okay. Or is that like, okay. Or is that like, okay. You know, (laughs) no, that literally was time where she was just like confirming something and I was like sure and then and I had to like had to go back later and be like sorry I was in the middle of something and I really I just had to like quickly reply back but I'm so excited and- yeah <laughs> and I really appreciated that because then I was like oh my gosh Christine must be in a bad mood yeah. like should I sass her back or whatever it, it's sure. those little clarity it's the overthinking yes it's the overthinking it's those moments of clarity but like even in this conversation that we're having right it's like we're affirming each other and like we're like no 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 no, that's not what I meant. And yeah. that's important in a friendship. That's something to pay attention to. Yes. 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 Like friends who are willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Say for me, Regina knows that I struggle with tending to overthink and all of that. And by being a good friend and me communicating that to her, she can do her part by, and she doesn't have to, but she can, she can be like, oh, I just wanted to make sure and reassure you. Not that I need it all the time, but it helps in my process of working through like the overthinking part. You know, that's how we show up for each other. Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 no. I agree. Our friendship has genuinely grown so much, I would say, in the past Mm -hmm. few years where we have like a much better understanding of one another, even in the way that we encourage each other. Going back to what you were talking about with love languages and things like that, we really try to make an effort into helping the other person feel seen and heard and loved. Mm. I think that that's such an important quality and trait in a friendship because I definitely have other friendships where our love languages are very different. It is known that we care about each other but Mm -hmm. when the love languages don't match up it just feels like you're just like scraping against one another and it just always feels rough and Mm -hmm. I'm working on that 
with that person. But I think with Christine and I, like we went through a phase of that. One of the things that Christine and I connect on is conversations. Obviously, we have a podcast. <laughs> we can talk <laughs> if you for, couldn't tell. <laughs> we can talk for hours and hours and hours. And I think that that's the one thing that bonded us. But then I mm-hmm. think that like there are so many ways that we are similar, but there are also so many ways that we are different. So different. Yeah. It took a really long time for us to find like a balance where we could maintain this closeness, but then also feel loved by one another. Yes. It's more recently where I've gotten into that stride. Because like for me, giving words of affirmation and accepting words of affirmation, sometimes I don't think to do that, even though I think it in my head. Like Mm. Christine sometimes will share something or, you know, do something. And I'm like, wow, that is so amazing. That's so inspirational. But then if I don't tell her that, sometimes it can feel like swept under the rug or, oh, that's just like a thing that happened. And then, you know, like a a wave that passes over. But now I'm kind of like, oh, I realize that when Christine does something that's really amazing or that really touched me or really inspired me, I take more of an initiative to say something about it because then Mm. the conversation that we have afterwards is so, oh, it's like all the warm and fuzzies because I think Mm. Christine genuinely appreciates that. And then it makes me happy, kind of like, oh, Christine sent a gif that I really liked, right? And like, (laughs) oh, that brings me so much joy that made you laugh. Same thing, right? Like when I see her do something that's like, wow, that was so good or like good job on this or good job on that. Like we are more careful about how we, like even sending an email, Christine will read over it and send me a text message and be like, oh, really good job on that email. And I'm like, oh, that is really nice to just acknowledge one another, right? And like let the other person know, wow, I really appreciated that. Like our most recent Mm. like 10 hour conversation that we had, I love sending follow-up text messages because then it's like, wow, like we both genuinely enjoyed that and that was like a good time and (laughs) acknowledging those good times those moments give me a lot of warm and fuzzies yeah to your point it's different love languages like for me words of affirmation come really easy Mm. I'm very expressive in that I've always been just more vulnerable in that and like I'm excited and I'll show it I think that's something for you you adjusted and noticed and reciprocated over time because I think you're less like that even though you are very excited and sweet and just a heartwarming person but I think like you said words of affirmation doesn't necessarily come naturally to you in that way so that's just like adjusting like if you're talking about friendship that's for sure in an intimate relationship Mm -hmm. a lot of times your love language will be different than your significant other like Jack's is touch right and Mm. mine's not (laughs) so (laughs) that's like we've been together for 11 years and we recently just started doing like because I saw this on TikTok where it's Mm -hmm. like giving him at least 20 to 30 seconds of just hugging Mm. and like it makes us both feel good but it's not something I naturally think about and it's not something he would naturally ask of me it's like things like that where I saw it and I was like hey would you want to try that and he's like sure and it makes us both feel good so in that same way of just adjusting in friendships and I really think that what Regina was saying earlier and going back and listening to our past episodes about friendships I really think that a big pivot in our friendship came when we had the big fight and I think that was in like 2019. It's, it's in the episode. You guys can go listen to it. We're pretty raw. I listened to it recently and I was like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> ooh, you know, because I remember that time. It's rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think those are the qualities that distinguish the difference between friendships that you want to continue to maintain and grow versus ones that you're naturally just, well, we'll just let it be what it becomes. Because friendships, relationships, including family, significant other friends, it takes work. 
right? Work as in just being able to have places where you naturally will just disagree. You guys are not the same people and it's okay to disagree. I think the part about the work is being able to learn how to communicate that, not try to project your own stuff onto each other, trying to learn to create a safe space for the other person, not just for you. And then seeing the feedback, seeing that person's willing to listen to you and vice versa and how you guys are learning to communicate so that you guys can hear one another and also leave space for the other person to feel okay to share their deep thoughts and also not put your triggers onto each other so that each of you just close up. And that takes lots of conversations. A lot of times we want to wrap up an argument in just one conversation. Do you get it? Okay, do you get it? Do you see how you did that? And can you not do that? And that energy is totally different from like, okay, so what happened? Mm. I really want to work through this with you. And I understand that we both have feelings about it that are valid. My first and foremost goal is to be able to understand you because you mean so much to me. Mm -hmm. And it's okay if we disagree, but I want to be able to learn and see how we can show up better for one another. I'm willing to adjust, but that doesn't mean that you're like, I'm going to give up my values. I think a lot of this reassessing like, oh, friendships as you grow and evolve, really getting clear on what your values are and seeing if your friends, like your close friends also share in those values. Mm. And even if it's not the same type of values, it's like, do you respect this person? <laughs> it sounds it sounds so simple, yeah. right? But it it genuinely, yes, it's like, is that energy reciprocated? Like when you go into a fight or a misunderstanding, a disagreement, what is the energy that they bring to you? Is it fiery or is it calm energy? Like if you go into it with fire and they match you with fire, it's like, okay, it's kind of like what you put out there is what you get. But if you go into it being calm and rational and be like, hey, let's talk about this. Let's work this out. And you're always just met with fire that says a lot there are so many friendships that i've seen where one person is like genuinely trying to work on it and the other person is just trying to bring them down yeah like manipulate them to work in their own manner or they immediately control yes control and manipulation that's not a balanced friendship there needs to be like a hey this really hurt me and i want to talk about it if they immediately come to you and they're like well you know you hurt me all the times and they're like Mm -hmm. keeping track that's the sign of a toxic friendship. Yeah. That's not the type of person that I personally would want to spend my energy into because I know that like if shit were to hit the fan, I don't think that they would be there for me. I don't think that they would genuinely come from a place of care and concern. And that's Mm. not the kind of energy that I would want to invest my time into. Totally. And a lot of this is watching their pattern of behavior. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of times it's like, well, what if it's that one fight? Well, is this a pattern in their character? That's what I mean by do you respect this person? And it's also in the way they talk about other people, talk about the other gender, how they think about different minorities, different groups, just like their energy. And I realized, sadly, that, you know, when Regina said in my late 20s, early 30s, start to look around and kind of see the people around me, I'm like, you know what? I continue to make excuses for their really toxic behaviors. And not only towards me, but I see it and hear it when they talk about other people, Mm -hmm. when they talk about women in general, or they speak down to people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like you see that and you excuse it away because you're like, well, it's my friend. I don't know. They don't mean it like that. But you really got to question. It's like, really? Is that true? Are you just making excuses? Because you just, I don't know. You just, there's nothing wrong with still wanting to be friends. But that's where you start seeing how, I mean, I've shared this in past episodes where like I took a look and I'm like, if you're the average of the five people closest to you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
started to realize I didn't like the person I was becoming. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't just, I, I mean, I don't blame it on just those people. It just naturally becomes the case because that becomes normalized to you. I say this a lot to my clients where they're like, I hope I never become like my mom in this way, right? Or like my dad. But inevitably that becomes the case because <laughs> your subconscious just absorbs that as normal. Like when our parents make certain comments about things, as annoying as it may be, we just like, oh, that's just mom, you know, or like, oh, just ignore it. But then it's not such a shock to you when that type of language or energy comes about. So to other people who are not around that, once hearing it, they could be like, oh my God, that's so offensive. Why would you be okay with letting them say that? Why don't you speak up about it? So if you're in lots of friendships where you're like, man, I should probably say something. Hey, that's not okay to say that, or that's sexist, or you shouldn't use that term. Or not mean like you shouldn't, but like, you know, maybe let's try not using that term because of X, Y, and Z, or have you thought about this? And they get really defensive or they shut you down. They're not willing to have a discussion. To me, that's a red flag. If people are not willing to have a discussion about things, then that's like a limit. That's a cap to our relationship. Oh, absolutely. Like you want to be around people that you have similar values, similar outlooks in life, because then if you feel the need to like constantly have to make excuses for them, even to your other friends, right? Like say you have this one friend that your other friends don't really like. Why is that? Look into that a little bit deeper as to, oh, are you making excuses for them because you really genuinely want to defend them? Or are you kind of like, yeah, I don't really agree with them either, but I've been friends with them for so long. I think there's that kind of attachment that we have where it's like, oh, we've been friends for so long, right? Like that's just how they are. And it's okay. Like I'll make excuses excuses for them and this and that and this and that. And I don't know. I just think that especially as we get older, we have less time. I have less energy. As Christine said, you know, I'm in my thirties when I get out of bed too fast, sometimes bones hurt. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just really find myself wanting to prioritize people who genuinely reciprocate the energy that I give out. And it's not a tit for tat thing. You know, I understand that everybody has their own lives and people get busy with this at certain times. Sometimes I'm more free sometimes they're more free and schedules don't line up and things like that. Like those are kind of like the small like logistics, but the overall friendship, like how does that overall friendship make you feel? I've definitely been in friendships where the individual is always like, oh, I always have issues with this person and this person and that person. And like, okay, why is that? (laughs) You know, like look into that a little bit deeper. Like, are you encouraging their behavior? Because that also makes them feel justified in how they act. It's a enabling. Yeah, it's enabling. And if you're like particularly nice to them, if you make excuses for them all the time or you laugh with them, exactly. You're enabling them and their behavior and they just think that that's okay. Hold that thought and we'll be right back after this break. Yeah, exactly. One of the biggest things if we want to end on how to maintain friendships that you have and you do treasure, that do pass your test on like energizing you. And, you know, also I want to answer, there's nothing wrong with having a variety of friends, like friends that you don't always agree with and you don't necessarily share it in the exact same values. But you, I think it's, for me, it's more of a willingness to listen to each other mm, yeah, and an open space for that, yes. to invite that. Versus if you don't share the same values and it's just constantly like breaking 
berating each other or kind of shading one another or cutting each other down. Mm-hmm. I don't vibe with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's similar to a relationship in your significant other in the sense that you can't expect to receive everything from that one person. Yes. Mm-hmm. Movies and things like that, they're always like, oh my God, you know, best friends, spend all your time together, do everything together, like all the same things, et cetera, et cetera. That's quite unrealistic. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure to put on one person. It's a lot of pressure to have someone else put that on you. Christina and I, despite it being different people and having very different personalities and interests and things like that, I think the one thing that we genuinely enjoy is like when we can be just so incredibly raw and vulnerable with the other person and that other person isn't judging us. They aren't trying to criticize us. They aren't trying to change us. They are just listening. And those are the green flags that we look for in relationships where it's like, oh, I did this and you know that probably wasn't the best decision. Okay, let's talk about it. How does that make you feel? Why did you feel that way? Where does this stem from? Like those are the relationships and conversations that I feel like most close to people. And I realize that when I can have those conversations with people, that's when I feel most fulfilled. And so in turn, those are the types of friendships and relationships that I invest more of my time in. Being genuine in this day and age is kind of difficult to find. You will meet a lot of people who will be like, yeah, 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 let's grab dinner. Oh yeah, that's, you know, like, let's go do that. Let's go do that. But like the people who actually follow up, that's also a green flag, I would say, to like keep in mind, right? And as much as you want to be known and understood, you need to understand and know that person as well. There are a lot of times when conversations are very one-sided and this happens to me too on like a lot of first dates where I'm asking like 800 questions. I can tell you, you know, what they did in 2019, August on whatever trip, but like they didn't ask that about me. Like it doesn't feel reciprocated. And Mm -hmm. I think that in friendships, it's so important again to have that reciprocated feeling. Again, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I gave you this or I did that for you. So you have to do that for me. But it's just a feeling that you get. Those are kind of, you know, the gut feelings that we always talk about. Like, oh, you can kind Mm -hmm. of feel like whether or not that person genuinely cares about you or if they're interested or if they're just like, oh, I have time to kill on this Tuesday. Sure. Let's get dinner. There's a difference in those types of conversations. I hear this a lot because a lot of my clients bring this up and I personally relate to this as well. It's like they feel like there's something wrong with them because they're looking for deeper, more vulnerable conversations. Like the ones that we're talking about here, right? That have reflection and introspection and like, oh, how do we inspire each other? And like what you said about just even asking questions. Mm -hmm. They're like, is something wrong with me? But I actually think there's, like Regina said, there's not as many people out there that you think that know how to do that or are even at a place where they feel comfortable sharing. Not to say they don't exist. They do exist. But to think that there's something wrong with you versus the percentage of people who are out there that are capable of doing that, it's more of a numbers game. It doesn't hurt if you're looking to have those type of friendships that maybe don't exist in your own friend group. Like to look for groups that already exist that you can kind of get a sense that that's what they're about. Like there's a lot of mental health groups, you know, there's a lot of online sisterhood type of thing and self-growth introspection. There's a lot of Facebook groups and Instagram pages that I follow because it's about Asians and mental health. And they often hold workshops or have group gatherings or even just in-person meetups. It's there. Are you looking for it? Are you looking 
looking to connect with them. Doesn't mean that you're going to find your bestie there, but I think you might have a better chance of finding people who are looking for the same things you are versus trying to get people within your own friend group to be something that they're not. Yeah, because that's not genuine to them. I definitely have met a lot of other people who just want friends to go do things with and hang out with and spend time with and, you know, do dinners and like activities, activities. Yes. And they're very activity based friendships, which is totally fine. I just think that there needs to be that like clear understanding that, okay, this is an activity friend and that is the expectation for them. And for them, that's what they're looking for. And like, you can't expect that person to change because you're like, no, well, I want to talk about feelings and things like that. And they're like, well, I just want to go check out this new restaurant or check out, you know, this event or whatever. I think that that's when a lot of friendships have falling outs or there's like resentment when one person just feels like they're putting in so much effort and the other person isn't really reciprocating. You have to understand that there are people who don't want this out of friendships. They're just like, well, I just want a lot of friends so that when it's my birthday, I can have a lot of people over. And that's totally fine. That's like what brings them fulfillment. It's the fact that like when people don't understand that, you have to reframe your mentality going into that friendship when you decide like, okay, this is my activities friend. But like if I want to have, you know, more deep, meaningful conversations, I'm going to call Christine. Yeah, it's the whole Maya Angelou saying, believe people when they show you who they are the first time. I usually give it like three, four times because I want to make sure that's really (laughs) the case now. But that's been a learning lesson for me in believing my gut instinct and trying. That's what I do. It's not just like, oh, you show me your colors and I'm like, screw you. I try. It would be like, oh, I would like to have this conversation with you. It doesn't have to be a big deal. I just want to clarify this Mm -hmm. or just watch. And then it becomes pretty apparent. I do want to end on two things. For me, one of the biggest parts of maintaining friendships as you get older or any type of relationship, cliche Christine, working on yourself. (laughs) I feel like we often get in our own ways in a lot of things and includes relationships and friendships. It's hard for us to be aware or acknowledge the ways that we may self-sabotage or that we project. We bring our own bias, our own agenda, and it doesn't make you or them a bad person. This is what I want to clarify because I used to have that in my own head. I'm like, oh, if I'm like that, then I'm a bad person. I don't deserve good friends. You know, this is why my life is like this. It's like, no, it's it's not that dramatic. It's just more (laughs) so clarifying that for yourself. And like, what am I doing behind this? And if my friends are giving me feedback or I see a pattern within people, like maybe distancing themselves or they're not as open with me, even though I'm asking to have more vulnerable conversations, like that's something I want to look into for myself. And one of the things too, that I see come up a lot, as well as things that I've been working on is addressing loneliness. Mm. I think loneliness has a big part in obviously why, yeah, we seek out friendships, relationships, and connection and belonging. But understanding how does that loneliness drive us and where does that come from? Like, where's that void coming from? And what are you doing to try to fill that void? And for me, I realized that my sense of loneliness is that I never felt like I belonged, like I said before, within my own family. So then I kept searching for that belonging, but belonging by other people's standards because I'm a people pleaser. So therefore it was a never, it could never find that full belonging because I didn't feel belonging within myself. And that also stemmed from my fear of abandonment, just people leaving me. And then the need to try to maintain friendships and be closer and all that was because I was trying to cling on to something that wasn't even there. And that person can never provide for me. Mm. 
Are you going to guarantee you're never going to leave me? You know, mm-hmm. Regina, are you going to be my sister forever? That's what essentially internally I'm looking for in that validation. But no one can ever give that to me. So that's where addressing that loneliness and reestablishing and building that foundation within myself Being my own best friend, as cliche as that sounds, the things I say to Regina or people around me in encouragement and with love, admiration and all of that, I don't do that for myself. So how can I ever feel like I belong in myself? How can I ever feel like I feel safe within myself? So taking time for me to learn that and space becomes less of a need of when Regina says something, I'm like, oh my God, what does she mean by that? You know, I'm like, I first take account for me. I'm like, what's going on here? Why do I feel scared? Because mm-hmm. usually behind that is if she's mad at me, will she stop being my friend? And a lot of it too before was, does she see that I'm a bad person? Because mm-hmm. that's what I feel, right? I'm afraid to get discovered as a bad person Mm -hmm. and that's where the the ping of like panic come from and everything hinges on how that other person responds or doesn't respond the way that I'm looking for so then when I check in with myself I'm like it's okay (laughs) (laughs) it's not that big of a deal and I think what you said obviously came from a good intention it's okay for you to clarify that with Regina. You could just ask her. Yeah. And that's what the reframe for me has been is like, depending on her reaction and if she really is not okay with whatever happened and she's not okay with working through that, then that kind of gives a good check-in point in where our friendship is right now. Mm. And if she's like, I don't want to ever be friends with you again because of that, then that's something either both probably I should take a good look at myself to that made her so mad and be where she is in her own life. Maybe she's mentally drained. Maybe this has been her pattern you know, that she's like, no, I don't want to work things out with you. I don't like confrontation. Then those are answers for me and how I want to move forward and continue investing in this friendship. Oh man, that's so real. I've definitely had those feelings too, right? Where the insecurities that you have about yourself truly just outshine anything, all the good things that you've ever felt about yourself. I can definitely relate to that. I think we're all our own worst critic and in friendships and being vulnerable within relationships. I know that Christine and I make it seem like, oh, it's so easy. Like, you know, the two of us just have these 10 hour talks and it's all, you know, sunshine and butterflies, but it's not like it took a long, long time and a lot of self-reflection for us to get to this point where we can be comfortably admitting a lot of the things that we talk about. Christine recently was like, I was listening back to our old episodes and it's so crazy to hear the way we would talk, <laughs> how, you know, <laughs> what we were talking about, etc. Like, it's cool to know that we have this podcast that we can like then reflect back onto, but it takes a lot of time and effort to work through those insecurities and even admit things like at the beginning of this podcast I think that there's so many things about myself that I wouldn't admit to or want to talk about because I was like oh no 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 like it's still sunshine and rainbows you know but when you find value in vulnerability and your friend does as well it's a beautiful that's special it's very special absolutely but like in order to be that vulnerable you have to do a lot of self-work and just know that you know when you do find those right people, they are also as invested in your self-growth as you are. Mm. And they want that for you. They encourage you to have that. They encourage you to dig deep and think like, why did I feel this way? Why did that make me so upset? Why do I feel this way about myself? I think that those types of relationships, I don't know how to describe it. There's no better feeling in my opinion. Again, that's what I value in friendships, like that type of encouragement. It is a good way to like self-reflect and be like, 
like, do you say those nice things to yourself? Like the things that you say to your friends? Because Christine is very quick to compliment people and be like, oh my God, that was such a good job. Or you did so well. Like, I love what you said about XYZ. And I think that I'm the type of person who's very like, oh my God, you made me feel so happy. And, you know, I really enjoyed that, et cetera, et cetera. Do we give that same type of encouragement to ourselves? I don't think so, you know? So it's like, why don't we nourish that relationship with ourselves? Because that can only benefit the people around us. That can only benefit the relationships around us as well. Yes. When people ask me, well, how do you have confidence? How do you not speak so poorly to yourself? How can you be vulnerable? That's This is it. It's taking account to how you speak to yourself. And as cringy and awkward as it is, <laughs> is beginning the steps of understanding why it's important to start unlearning some of those things, like those patterns, and understanding what those patterns, the consequences of that did to you. And how you want to move forward in a different way. Try something new instead of doing the same thing. I think the same strategy for a lot of us is the inner critic. You know, to try to keep us motivated. Like, don't be complacent. Be humble. If you need to talk to yourself in such a horrible way in order to have those good qualities about yourself, what does that say? How sustainable is that, really? That was a big eye-opener for me in, like, doing the inner work. And the last thing is when it comes to friendships, I really had to be honest with myself and update that file of what did friendships mean to me from when I was growing up to now as a grown adult, because I realized unconsciously I brought in a lot of like how I saw friendships from movies or TV and growing up middle school, high school, even like, yeah, high school as dramatic and immature as a lot of those friendships have been superficial. It carries through into adulthood if you don't pay attention and And sometimes you stay friends with people just for the optics of it, just for how good of a person it makes you look like. It adds value because of status or etc. So instead of needing more, I started to really take a look at, am I actually being the best friend that I can be to the people that I truly do value and treasure? If it really was our last day on earth, have I said and expressed myself the way that I wanted with my friendships and letting them know how much they mean to me, how much I love them? Like, If it were our last time talking, did they know how amazing they are to me and how much of a difference that they've truly made in my life and continuously inspire me? And that's what drives me to be like, even if it's in the little text, even if it's something that I saw online that they posted, they're like, oh, just kind of sad today, you know? Like, I know I'm not the answer to fixing that. And it's not because I'm trying to prove that I'm a good person. I think I did that before to be like, see, I'm a good friend, right? But now I know I'm just like, it means a lot when someone just does send me a text, just being like, I'm thinking of you and that's it, you know? Like, it doesn't have to be more than that. A lot of it is more just living and expressing gratitude in the way that I'm not going to regret that in the future, that I didn't show up fully in the way that I wanted with the people that I really cared about. Yeah. Oh, I just love that. There is sometimes when it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy where you're like, oh, well, I just have to tell people how much I love them to make myself feel better. But no, it should be a want and need to make the other person feel loved and understood. Heard. And And heard. Yeah. Like checking in, like a lot of times I'm like, I don't know what's going on with your life but you ever need space i'm here just giving them that open invitation and you don't have to take it they don't have to because before see it would be like oh man they're not reaching out do they not trust me it's like all these (laughs) things that get in the way all this noise it's like i'm making it about me and not about them when you talk about maintaining and growing think of it as a garden are you tending to your garden i think regina knows more than anyone being a plant mama (laughs) she's has many plant babies but it takes time 
And even some plants are, I don't want to use the word fickle, but it's just like you tend to each one differently. Yeah. I think that that's such a wonderful way to wrap up this episode about friendships and relationships and your relationship with yourself, because those are all so important to maintain and nourish and just grow because there's a lot of fulfillment to be had there in life. And when you take away the accolades and titles, whatever you may have it, I think that this is really what life is about. Like the relationships that we have with one another during our limited amount of time here on earth. Yeah. Warm and fuzzies. So well said. (laughs) (laughs) So if this episode really resonated with you, or if you want to share it with a friend, it would mean a lot to us if you could pass it along. And if you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can follow us at perfectly.imperfect.podcast and we'll have our individual socials linked down below as well. So we're going to take a break during the holidays, get our stuff situated, relax and all of that. And then we'll be back next year with new episodes. And we're so excited to stay connected and keep this conversation going with y'all. Yeah, we're so excited for what's to come. I think Christine and I have found a really good pace that works for the two of us. And we genuinely, genuinely do really love recording the podcast and continuing to build upon this community together. Take care of yourselves. Have a beautiful holiday. Take everything that we said and all the warm and fuzzies like Regina said in this episode and I hope you feel that and take that with you into the new year see you guys in 2023 oh my god bye